Welcome. Thank you for joining us for this episode from Avondale Baptist Church. We are so happy to be sharing the Word of God with you and hope that this message is a blessing to you. And now, here's Brother Richard. All right. It's a little different when we don't have a piano player. It just seems, I was telling Becky, it seems a little off this morning. And it, but she was saying, no, it's still a good day, Richard. It's still a good day. It is. It really is. We have to be prepared because the enemy wants to distract us. He wants to, yes, amen, yes, and you're here, you're here, and that's what it's about, that we are here, and let's just not take this moment for granted, let's, let's really just really take time to, to just be here, you know, I was, I was telling you earlier, it's kind of, I was telling some of the people here, I've been up since 1.30 this morning, and, and, uh, the enemy really wants to get us, especially when we're tired. You ever feel that way? You ever feel that way where you're just so tired, you, you just don't really want to do anything, or maybe you don't even think correctly or straight, and you just don't have a clear mind, and, and sometimes we just want to fall asleep and, and not read the Bible. You, have you ever been so tired you don't want to read the Bible? Have you ever been so tired you just didn't want to pray? Have you ever been so tired that in the middle of your prayer you fall asleep? Right? Jesus, when he was uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was he told his disciples, stay here, wait, right? And pray. Don't fall into temptation. <laughs> he says, stay awake and pray. And he goes off, and he goes and prays, and he comes back, and what does he do? He finds them asleep, right? So if I f- do, do not let me fall asleep here today, okay? Don't let me be here. Don't let me sit here. Don't let me stand here talking, and the next thing you know, I'm just snoring away, all right? If I have to stay up, I want you to stay up. Amen. 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 Prayer. Ephesians 6. I got the scriptures up there. We've been reading it for the last several weeks now. In verse 10, Paul says, Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in power of his might. Whose power? His might. It's not our power. It's not my power. It's not your power. But it's God's power of his might. And he says, verse 11, put on the whole armor of God. The whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Why do we need to put on the whole armor of God? Right? So we can withstand the enemy's schemes, right? He wants to do nothing more than to distract us from our purpose. He wants to distract us from the power that, is, that we have av- available. He wants to distract us from living a life abundantly. He wants to draw chaos into our lives. Verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, 
and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. What does that mean? That means the battle is not a fleshly battle. It's not between me and you or between churches or between any person of this earth, but it is a spiritual battle. And I hope that you get this from this series is that it's a true war. It's a battle that we can't even imagine that it's going on. It's a serious battle. It's a serious, serious battle when people are getting beaten. Children. Children are just dealing with some issues. Men, women, families are being broken apart. Churches are splitting. Because too many times we forget that it's a spiritual battle and we get into the battle of the flesh. And it's against powers. It's a powerful realm out there that we're dealing with. Verse 13. Therefore, he says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all To stand, to stand. In verse 14, stand again, stand. Therefore, having girded your waist with truth. We started off this whole series with the truth. You have to know the truth, right? The truth will set you free, and I've said that before. And if the truth sets you free, what does a lie do? It keeps you in bondage. You have to know the truth. We have to know the truth. And he says, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, it's not by our right doing, right? It's the righteousness of God. It's the righteousness of our Christ, of what he has done on the cross, why we can be here today. And it's because of that righteousness that we want to do the right thing. In verse 15, he says, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. It's that peace that surpasses all understanding. That we could be going through some valleys. We could be going through some hard times, relationship problems, finance problems, whatever kind of problems that no matter what, because you have peace that surpasses that all understanding. No matter what you're going through. And I pray that you have that peace. You have that peace in Christ because of what he has done. Verse 16. And above all. We've talked about above all taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts in of the wicked one. Man, we're being attacked. Those arrows are coming in. And they're hitting us. They're hitting me. They're hitting my family. They're hitting this community. They're hitting the church. They're hitting all around us in our little little world, so to speak. 17. And he says, Paul says, and take the helmet of salvation. You know, we talked about our mind. 
how sometimes our mind, if we're not careful, our mind will, will allow us to astray from God's word. And sometimes one of the biggest things is that we question our salvation. Do I really have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Is that stinking thinking that we've been talking about? And then he says, then take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And we've talked about that last week where, where it's more than just having a Bible, right? I could own a Bible factory. That doesn't mean that I have the sword still. We have to allow God's word to come alive in us. That message comes alive in us and it, pers- it persuades us. To live according to his will and for his purpose. And then, verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. He says, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. I like this part right here because we've talked about how the sword is is really the only offensive weapon that that Paul gives us that that the Lord gives us right to fight. And I was told one day, you know, that God gives us a machine gun with that armor. Not like a machine gun. What are you talking about? He read this verse. And he says, you just imagine Paul tells us to pray always. He tells us to pray always, yes, also without ceasing. And he says, you just imagine a believer who has a powerful prayer life and all they're they're just praying and praying and praying and they're just shooting it like like that machine gun. I think of that that scene of Rambo where he's got that machine gun and and he has that. He's like, that's how we should be. In our prayer life. And so this morning I want to ask you this. How is your prayer life? Be honest. Be honest with yourself. How is your prayer life? How important is prayer? What is prayer? Simple definition is communication with God. Talking to God. And I'm not saying like a prayer that we say at, our, at the table for, for dinner or for lunch or, or just your routine uh, nightly prayers before your bed. I'm talking about some Holy Spirit-filled prayers. When was the last time we prayed? When was the last time you prayed? These questions that I ask uh, you, I also ask myself, and, and I wish I could uh, admit to you that I wish I could sit here and stand here and say that, man, I have a strong prayer, uh, prayer life, but I'm nowhere where I need to be. I have a lot of work to do. And I was talking and sharing with my uh, with this, our Sunday school class, and, and one thing that convicted me uh, this weekend or this morning was Becky was really sick Thursday, 
on Friday. Spend all day in Lubbock and just not feeling good. She's like, I got to lay down in the truck. We were at the track meet. It was hot. Not once did I pray for her. Not once. And I was like, wow. God spoke to me. He says, do you not believe I could heal your wife? Do you not believe in the power of prayer? I was convicted. So I started thinking, why? Why? After I'm ending this series in prayer. Now, Miss Etta, I love you to death, and I know that you are one of the prayer warriors of the church. I want to be like Miss Etta. Man, when she, when she says that she's going to pray for you, you better believe she's going to pray for you. And there's a whole lot more other people that are like that in the church, and I want to be like that. Why? Because Paul tells us that we should be that way. We have to be that way. Why? Because there is power. So many times, so many times, we live these microwave lives where we just want things right now and right then, right? Push two minutes and we got a pizza already ready to eat in two minutes. And Paul says that praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Do we expect to see instant results to our prayers? Do you? We would love to. I would love to. But when it doesn't happen every time, do we tend to get frustrated? Maybe we get down. Or maybe we have those things in our mind like, well, you know what? God's, God's going to do whatever he's going to do, right? We all ask these kind of questions. And there may be some small part of us that believes that this little thing called prayer seems invisible. It may be hard to reach in prayer in our fast-paced, flashy world lives that we live in. But I want you to know, for those of you who pray and keep your eyes on God, you guarantee, I guarantee you, you'll start seeing those miracles, those movements of God. Man, when I, hear, when I hear people talking about how God did this or redeemed them this or restored this or healed them this, it's because these people have a powerful prayer life. One of the things that, that Becky tells the kids at the shop is to push. P-U-S-H, right? Pray until something Oh, that's so simple. That is so simple, but yet it's so hard to do. Oh, Lord, I pray for my wife that she would understand me better. Lord, I pray that she will stop getting mad at me. Lord, I pray that, and it doesn't happen, and then I give up. We give up. So quick, we, we tend to give 
up. But Paul tells us to pray, to constantly pray, to always pray. And he says to be watchful. To be watchful. Prayer is a very important part of our spiritual walk, people. Man, it really is. There is power in prayer. First Chronicles uh, chapter 16, verse 11, it says, Look to the Lord and His strength. Seek His face always. Always looking towards the Lord. Always looking for His strength, right? Because it's His power, not our power. Matthew 7, 7 He says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. How much do we really believe in that scripture? How much do we really believe in that scripture? Will he give us everything that we want in prayer? No, right? Because a lot of times when we ask for things that we want, it, it won't be good, right? But he always gives us what we need. He always gives us what we need. John 16, verse 24 It says that until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. How does that? How is that true? How does our joy? How is our joy made complete? I love that little acronym that I heard that we used to tell the kids, joy is Jesus, others, and yourself, right? And we've talked about how in our Sunday school class, we talked about how we are supposed to love God, right? With all of our heart, with our mind and our soul, right? And then the second one is what? Love myself just as the same? Love others. Love others. And when we begin to become servants of Christ and we start seeing people the way People, the way God sees people. And we begin to see the encounters of Christ. Man, it just, it does something. It does something. And then Paul goes on in verse 19 and he says, and for me, I'm sorry, not verse 19, go back. The end of 18 With all perseverance and supplication for what? For all the saints. See, there's power when we see the miracles of God working in other people. Because why? That encourages us. That encourages you to what? To get plugged in to the power source so that we can live a life full of power of the way God intended us to live. Amen. Amen. Yes. I'm glad you're getting excited. How do we get connected to that power source? How do we get connected to that strength that that Paul is talking about or Luke is talking about in Acts? We get connected 
to the power source. And it's communicating with God in prayer. Reading his word. There is so, so much in the power of prayer. And I think that we are missing it. We are missing it as believers because we don't really know how to really get connected with God through our prayer. I always try to compare my relationship with God to my relationship with Becky. And, and I remember when we are first started dating and, man, I could talk to her forever. You know, hey, what are you doing? Oh, nothing. How was your day? And we tell her, she'd tell me her day. And she's like, how was your day? Oh, I, my day was great. Let me tell you all this that happened. And I'll go into detail. Oh, I could spend hours talking on the phone. Now, sometimes when I go home, she's like, oh, how's your day? Oh, it's okay. Oh, it was all right. Oh, how was your day? Oh, it was good. The communication is lost. Why? Because maybe we get comfortable. Maybe we start getting too busy in what's going on in our personal lives that when it's time to come home, instead of me telling my wife all the great things that has happened or all the things how I encountered Christ, I just sit there and say, yeah, it's, it's okay. God wants us to talk to him. When we begin to cultivate a life of prayer, things start to happen. Things start to happen. If you could turn to Acts. Acts chapter 4. And we're going to... In Acts chapter 4, in verse 23... This is what I want us... I want us to experience this kind of prayer. And we can. Acts chapter 4, verse 23, it says, And being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all the chief priests and elders had said to them, So when they heard that they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you're God, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant, David, have said, why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The king of the kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. And they say, for truly against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threats 
and grant to your servants that with all boldness that they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. That's a powerful prayer. That is a powerful prayer. And they go on. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. It was shaken. How powerful is that prayer? That prayer is so powerful that their place was shaken. That's what I want. I want us to be a house of worship and a house of prayer where it's so powerful that God comes in here and he shakes things up. Why? Because we believe in the power of the resurrection. We believe in the power of Jesus Christ. And we believe that that same power that rose him from the dead is the same power that we have access to. Do you believe it? Amen. Amen. 